Chapter Four of Our Parish from Sketches by Boz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Sketches by Boz by Charles Dickens illustrations by george cruikshank chapter four of our parish the election for beadle a great event has recently occurred in our parish a contest of paramount interest has just terminated a parochial convulsion has taken place it has been succeeded by a glorious triumph which the country or at least the parish it is all the same will long remember we have had an election an election for beadle the supporters of the old beadle system have been defeated in their stronghold and the advocates of the great new beadle principles have achieved a proud victory our parish which like all other parishes is a little world of its own has long been divided into two parties whose contentions slumbering for a while have never failed to burst forth with unabated vigour on any occasion on which they could by possibility be renewed watching rates lighting rates paving rates sewers rates church rates poor's rates all sorts of rates have been in their turns the subjects of a grand struggle and as to questions of patronage the asperity and determination with which they have been contested is scarcely credible the leader of the official party the steady advocate of the church wardens and the unflinching supporter of the overseers is an old gentleman who lives in our row he owns some half a dozen houses in it and always walks on the opposite side of the way so that he may be able to take in a view of the whole of his property at once he is a tall thin bony man with an interrogative nose and little restless perking eyes which appear to have been given him for the sole purpose of peeping into other people's affairs with he is deeply impressed with the importance of our parish business and prides himself not a little on his style of addressing the parishioners in vestry assembled his views are rather confined than extensive his principles more narrow than liberal 
he has been heard to declaim very loudly in favour of the liberty of the press and advocates the repeal of the stamp duty on newspapers because the daily journals who now have a monopoly of the public never give verbatim reports of vestry meetings he would not appear egotistical for the world but at the same time he must say that there are speeches that celebrated speech of his own on the emoluments of the sexton and the duties of the office for instance which might be communicated to the public greatly to their improvement and advantage his great opponent in public life is captain purday the old naval officer on half-pay to whom we have already introduced our readers the captain being a determined opponent of the constituted authorities whoever they may chance to be and our other friend being their steady supporter with an equal disregard of their individual merits it will readily be supposed that occasions for their coming into direct collision are neither few nor far between they divided the vestry fourteen times on a motion for heating the church with warm water instead of coals and made speeches about liberty and expenditure and prodigality and hot water which threw the whole parish into a state of excitement then the captain when he was on the visiting committee and his opponent overseer brought forward certain distinct and specific charges relative to the management of the workhouse boldly expressed his total want of confidence in the existing authorities and moved for a copy of the recipe by which the pauper's soup was prepared together with any documents relating thereto this the overseer steadily resisted he fortified himself by precedent appealed to the established usage and declined to produce the papers on the ground of the injury that would be done to the public service if documents of a strictly private nature passing between the master of the workhouse and the cook were to be thus dragged to light on the motion of any individual member of the vestry the motion was lost by a majority of two and then the captain who never allows himself to be defeated moved for a committee of inquiry into the whole subject the affair grew serious the question was discussed at meeting after meeting and vestry after vestry speeches were made attacks repudiated personal defiances exchanged 
explanations received and the greatest excitement prevailed until at last just as the question was going to be finally decided the vestry found that somehow or other they had become entangled in a point of form from which it was impossible to escape with propriety so the motion was dropped and everybody looked extremely important and seemed quite satisfied with the meritorious nature of the whole proceeding this was the state of affairs in our parish a week or two since when simmons the beadle suddenly died the lamented deceased had overexerted himself a day or two previously in conveying an aged female highly intoxicated to the strong-room of the workhouse the excitement thus occasioned added to a severe cold which this indefatigable officer had caught in his capacity of director of the parish engine by inadvertently playing over himself instead of a fire proved too much for a constitution already enfeebled by age and the intelligence was conveyed to the board one evening that simmons had died and left his respects the breath was scarcely out of the body of the deceased functionary when the field was filled with competitors for the vacant office each of whom rested his claims to public support entirely on the number and extent of his family as if the office of beadle were originally instituted as an encouragement for the propagation of the human species bung for beadle five small children hopkins for beadle seven small children timkins for beadle nine small children such were the placards in large black letters on a white ground which were plentifully pasted on the walls and posted in the windows of the principal shops timkins's success was considered certain several mothers of families half promised their votes and the nine small children would have run over the course but for the production of another placard announcing the appearance of a still more meritorious candidate spruggins for beadle ten small children two of them twins and a wife there was no resisting this ten small children would have been almost irresistible in themselves without the twins but the touching parenthesis about that interesting production of nature and the still more touching allusion to mrs spruggins must ensure success 
spruggins was the favourite at once and the appearance of his lady as she went about to solicit votes which encouraged confident hopes of a still further addition to the house of spruggins at no remote period increased the general prepossession in his favour the other candidates bung alone excepted resigned in despair the day of election was fixed and the canvas proceeded with briskness and perseverance on both sides the members of the vestry could not be supposed to escape the contagious excitement inseparable from the occasion the majority of the lady inhabitants of the parish declared at once for spruggins and the quondam overseer took the same side on the ground that men with large families always had been elected to the office and that although he must admit that in other respects spruggins was the least qualified candidate of the two still it was an old practice and he saw no reason why an old practice should be departed from this was enough for the captain he immediately sided with bung canvassed for him personally in all directions wrote squibs on spruggins and got his butcher to skewer them up on conspicuous joints in his shop-front frightened his neighbour the old lady into a palpitation of the heart by his awful denunciations of spruggins's party and bounced in and out and up and down and backwards and forwards until all the sober inhabitants of the parish thought it inevitable that he must die of a brain fever long before the election began the day of election arrived it was no longer an individual struggle but a party contest between the ins and outs the question was whether the withering influence of the overseers the domination of the church wardens and the blighting despotism of the vestry clerk should be allowed to render the election of beadle a form a nullity whether they should impose a vestry-elected beadle on the parish to do their bidding and forward their views or whether the parishioners fearlessly asserting their undoubted rights should elect an independent beadle of their own the nomination was fixed to take place in the vestry but so great was the throng of anxious spectators that it was found necessary to adjourn to the church where the ceremony commenced with due solemnity the appearance of the churchwardens and overseers and the ex-churchwardens and ex 
ex-overseers with spruggins in the rear excited general attention spruggins was a little thin man in rusty black with a long pale face and a countenance expressive of care and fatigue which might either be attributed to the extent of his family or the anxiety of his feelings his opponent appeared in a cast-off coat of the captain's a blue coat with bright buttons white trousers and that description of shoes familiarly known by the appellation of high lows there was a serenity in the open countenance of bung a kind of moral dignity in his confident air an i wish you may get it sort of expression in his eye which infused animation into his supporters and evidently dispirited his opponents the ex-churchwarden rose to propose thomas spruggins for beadle he had known him long he had had his eye upon him closely for years he had watched him with twofold vigilance for months a parishioner here suggested that this might be termed taking a double sight but the observation was drowned in loud cries of order he would repeat that he had had his eye upon him for years and this he would say that a more well-conducted a more well-behaved a more sober a more quiet man with a more well-regulated mind he had never met with a man with a larger family he had never known cheers the parish required a man who could be depended on yeah from the spruggin side answered by ironical cheers from the bung party such a man he now proposed no yes he would not allude to individuals the ex-churchwarden continued in the celebrated negative style adopted by great speakers he would not advert to a gentleman who had once held a high rank in the service of his majesty he would not say that that gentleman was no gentleman he would not assert that that man was no man he would not say that he was a turbulent parishioner he would not say that he had grossly misbehaved himself not only on this but on all former occasions he would not say that he was one of those discontented and treasonable spirits who carried confusion and disorder wherever they went he would not say that he harboured in his heart envy and hatred and malice and all uncharitableness 
no he wished to have everything comfortable and pleasant and therefore he would say nothing about him cheers the captain replied in a similar parliamentary style he would not say he was astonished at the speech they had just heard he would not say he was disgusted cheers he would not retort the epithets which had been hurled against him renewed cheering he would not allude to men once in office but now happily out of it who had mismanaged the workhouse ground the paupers diluted the beer slack-baked the bread boned the meat heightened the work and lowered the soup tremendous cheers he would not ask what such men deserved a voice nothing a day and find themselves he would not say that one burst of general indignation should drive them from the parish they polluted with their presence give it him he would not allude to the unfortunate man who had been proposed he would not say as the vestry's tool but as beadle he would not advert to that individual's family he would not say that nine children twins and a wife were very bad examples for pauper imitation loud cheers he would not advert in detail to the qualifications of bung the man stood before him and he would not say in his presence what he might be disposed to say of him if he were absent here mr bung telegraphed to a friend near him under cover of his hat by contracting his left eye and applying his right thumb to the tip of his nose it had been objected to bung that he had only five children yeah yeah from the opposition well he had yet to learn that the legislature had affixed any precise amount of infantine qualification to the office of beadle but taking it for granted that an extensive family were a great requisite he entreated them to look to facts and compare data about which there could be no mistake bung was thirty-five years of age spruggins of whom he wished to speak with all possible respect was fifty was it not more than possible was it not very probable that by the time bung attained the latter age he might see around him a family even exceeding in number and extent that to which spruggins at present laid claim 
deafening cheers and waving of handkerchiefs the captain concluded amidst loud applause by calling upon the parishioners to sound the tocsin rush to the pole free themselves from dictation or be slaves for ever on the following day the polling began and we never have had such a bustle in our parish since we got up our famous anti-slavery petition which was such an important one that the house of commons ordered it to be printed on the motion of the member for the district the captain engaged two hackney coaches and a cab for bung's people the cab for the drunken voters and the two coaches for the old ladies the greater portion of whom owing to the captain's impetuosity were driven up to the pole and home again before they recovered from their flurry sufficiently to know with any degree of clearness what they had been doing the opposite party wholly neglected these precautions and the consequence was that a great many ladies who were walking leisurely up to the church for it was a very hot day to vote for spruggins were artfully decoyed into the coaches and voted for bung the captain's arguments too had produced considerable effect the attempted influence of the vestry produced a greater a threat of exclusive dealing was clearly established against the vestry clerk a case of heartless and profligate atrocity it appeared that the delinquent had been in the habit of purchasing six penneth of muffins weekly from an old woman who rents a small house in the parish and resides among the original settlers on her last weekly visit a message was conveyed to her through the medium of the cook couched in mysterious terms but indicating with sufficient clearness that the vestry clerk's appetite for muffins in future depended entirely on her vote on the beadleship this was sufficient the stream had been turning previously and the impulse thus administered directed its final course the bung party ordered one shilling's worth of muffins weekly for the remainder of the old woman's natural life the parishioners were loud in their exclamations and the fate of spruggins was sealed it was in vain that the twins were exhibited in dresses of the same pattern and nightcaps to match at the church door the boy in mrs spruggins's right arm and the girl in her left 
even mrs spruggins herself failed to be an object of sympathy any longer the majority attained by bung on the gross pole was four hundred and twenty-eight and the cause of the parishioners triumphed end of chapter four of our parish from sketches by boz recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey